0: And Welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Jack March, who many of you listeners will be familiar as this is his third time, I think, joining on the podcast. So the very first triple guest. Welcome back to the
1: podcast, Jack. Uh, thanks. I'm glad to be back.
0: Good. So today we're chatting all about osteoporosis, a question we get asked about a lot as uh, as therapists and also in Facebook groups and emails from people. So it's something that comes up a lot and we haven't dedicated an episode to osteoporosis. So we thought we'd reach out to Jack, who's special interest is in rheumatology as well. So knows a lot about this. So let's dive straight in. Jack, what is osteoporosis? Uh,
1: so osteoporosis, I mean, simply is a loss of your, um, bone density, so um essentially the strength of the bones is decreased um over over usually over time but um there are a few things that can hap- happen to cause it quite quickly um so it pretty worrying condition for a lot of people when they get told that uh, but hopefully as we go through this i'll try and reassure people a little bit as well um but if you want a slightly more complicated um explanation then i'm always happy to do those so i always say to people with osteoporosis, if you imagine your bones um, are made up like a honeycomb structure, so um, basically those honeycomb portions are like scaffolding bars, basically, and they give your bone strength. Um, so, with osteoporosis, what happens is two uh, phenomena within those scaffolding bars. Uh, one is where you lose the actual mass of those bars, so the bars themselves become thinner. Um, but also you can lose the number of those bars as well. So the combination of those two things makes your bones, um, less strong. So there's less of the scaffolding bars and the bars that you have are, um, are less strong in themselves. So it, it is more e- more easy. It is easier to sustain a fracture, unfortunately.
0: And so does this happen as a gradual process over time or is it something that happens fairly rapidly or does that depend on the, on the presentation of the patient?
1: Uh, So most cases um, will happen gradually over time. So um, it's the most common reason that it occurs is um, through the sort of the getting older aging process. Um, And so people's metabolism slows down a little bit, but also you have more time as you get older for things to have gone wrong that might have caused your um, bone to become less dense. Um, But also people tend to become a little bit more inactive or a little bit less active. Um, as they get older so those things can accumulate to to reduce your bone density Uh, but it can happen quite quickly Uh, but usually when that happens um, it would happen in a localized place Um, so you wouldn't get generalized loss of bone density quite rapidly Um, so some people are obviously unfortunate uh, or unfortunate enough to uh, get things like cancer and if you have um, cancer of the bone for example then that can give you a low bone density in a small area quite rapidly um, other things um, will can cause it as well Um steroids for example reduce your uh, bone density too usually in if it's an injection or things like that in a localized area um oral steroids will cause it more generally as well but still not happening what we would say very it's not happening over a few weeks we're still talking about it happening over over months or years
0: so if it happens naturally kind of as a process of aging does it happen to everyone so will all 99 year olds have some degree of osteoporosis or is it just some some light you know changes in bone
1: density but not quite osteoporosis yet that's a really complicated question so theoretically if you lived long enough you would everybody would get osteoporosis but the trouble is we know that everybody's so different so, if we go back to my previous two podcasts i've done with you i probably say that to death everybody's very unique yeah. um, so a combination of things like genetics plays a very important role um, in how quickly your um your bone density will dip off uh, or go lower um obviously the things that happen to you during your life so certain illnesses um, will cause it, your bone density to be lower um, things like dietary intake or intolerances can cause that so there's a lot of factors that play into this and then you've got to offset that by the things that go in the positive direction so um again genetics can be a positive as well as a a negative factor so you might be genetically predisposed to having much stronger bones or retaining the strength of your bones much better um but also um people who are very physically active tend to have far better bone density. So um, there, there is this trade-off um, that happens and then, like you say, put ageing on there a little bit as well. So it isn't a guarantee for sure. And there are a lot of people who um, don't have um, osteoporosis despite advanced age.
0: If someone's had a scan and they've been told they've got osteoporosis for whatever the scan was, is it something which is likely a cause of pain? So would ever be blamed on back pain? I know they're a traumatic, fractures and things, but if we talk about generalised osteoporosis.
1: So osteoporosis itself is, is symptomless. So you wouldn't know you and I, if, if one of us had low bone density, we wouldn't know, um, you can't feel it, you can't sense it. Um, it doesn't cause you a problem per se. Um, so you, like you say, someone would go for a scan and scan. They do is a, it's called a DEXA scan and what it measures. Um, the volume of your bone quite nicely, and um, at that point then you know you've got um, osteoporosis or its precursor osteopenia, because you've been told that that's that. Um, w- what tends to happen is you will only get symptoms later if you sustain a fracture. Um, so obviously those are then painful. Um, but you know without the fracture, then osteoporosis is completely symptomless.
0: Good. So that should be quite reassuring then for anyone that's listening who mm. has been told they've got osteoporosis or are worried about getting osteoporosis is not necessarily a cause of their back pain. It's not likely to, to give them the pain. No. So you mentioned then about fractures. Is this something that happens because of that, that scaffolding or that bone material is thinner? So you know it can't take as much force or as much strain as it could do before? Mm.
1: Correct. So you, you have to think about these fractures in a couple of different ways. So um, there's you would sustain fractures usually from a trauma um so let's say i fell over i happened to fall over yesterday Absolutely. Uh, if you, <laughs> you fall over and you then hit the ground so there is an impact upon your body right so your bones have an, within them an inherent resistance to um res- uh, absorb that that force as you land i didn't sustain a fracture when i fell over yesterday despite falling over <clears throat> quite hard I You did. Yeah, exactly. Um, But um, when, if you have a lower bone density, your bone is a bit more fragile, you would, you may well sustain a fracture from a lower forced fall. So let's say yesterday I fell over, my bone density was lower than in inverted commas, normal. I might have sustained a fracture, whereas actually yesterday I did not. Um, so there's that type of, so we would call it a low force trauma fracture, so you just simply fall over or get knocked into or something like that and you sustain a fracture. The other type of fracture that people sustain is what we would call a true fragility fracture, uh, where the bone, and this usually happens in the spine, um, so usually what happens is it's it's not traumatic, um, but what happens is the vertebrae is, for want of a better term, gets a little bit squashed. So. If you imagine your um your scaffolding system um it it gets almost like compressed together so you you they call often you they're called wedge fractures so instead of a nice squared shape the vertebrae will look a bit more like a cheese wedge um so they get compressed so that's a different type of fracture they can happen acutely um but they tend to happen um sort of over time so the the wedging will happen um progressively over time so there's those two different types um and i think most people actually are worried about that compressive one because they they think you know i've met patients and they say i was just cleaning my teeth and my back went or i very simply bent over and my back went and um, i think what people need to remember is you very rarely is, you, you know, you might see quite a significant wedge changing on your x-ray or your MRI or something, um, but that is very unlikely to have occurred from a from just bending over. It's a progressive thing, and you've talked on the podcast tons and tons and tons of times, uh, I can imagine, and I've listened to most of them, that you know, you may have structural changes there, and then something triggers it to then become yeah. painful. And this is the same sort of process. It's not that people bent over and suddenly their vertebrae compressed by 50%. That's not yeah. what happens. No. Uh, but it will then become painful. And quite often, a lot of that pain is sort of muscle spasm and um, that a bit of inflammation. And correct exactly um so you know those types of of fractures are important to be be distinctive over um and understanding how they occur really
0: no so and again exactly the same thing this podcast is all about giving that reassurance so for someone who might have had an x-ray for something else or they've had a low back x-ray and they've been told they've got a, a- a fracture in inverted commas, higher up and it's not in the area of pain it's often might be a sign of something else but it's often not something to necessarily worry about or it doesn't mean you're always going to have pain there or you know not to be worried about effectively because often if you've got a fracture and then someone's going to be telling you to move and do some exercise especially when it's the spine it sounds a lot scarier you know although we treat it very similar to an ankle fracture it's you know which is movement and loading and changing and build up the strength again it's often a lot scarier because you think of spinal fractures and you think of you know horrific accidents you think of horrible trauma and all sorts of consequences so it's got that kind of mental you know barrier to a lot of people mm-hmm. so that again all about the reassurance there with helping understand that these fractures aren't necessarily you know a, i don't want to say a big deal because they can be but in terms of you know not, they're not life-changing
1: yeah and you have to think about it like um like I say you would get some people do get these acute fractures and they're incredibly painful um and you can't get away like they're, they're they're a particular type of pain whenever you meet someone as a as a therapist you meet someone with an acute fragility fracture they've got a very different quality to them that people can't get comfortable at all it's really problematic um the the ones like you just mentioned these sort of incidental ones that are found when you're scanning for something else i liken them a bit to um you know if i was to fracture my leg if I was to x-ray my leg or MRI my leg a year, two years, three years, four years later, a skilled radiographer could probably tell that I had a fracture of that bone. It doesn't look perfect. Um, and they're similar. They've, they've changed in shape. You can see that that's happened, but they aren't actually symptomatic. It'd be a bit unusual for me to have symptoms from my broken leg four or five years later. Um, and it's not necessarily going to give you symptoms, but in this case with osteoporosis and those sort of wedging type fractures, obviously that then says to us, okay, what we're looking at is a low bone density. And yes, we do need to treat that. uh, But not as you uh, like, as you said, it's not like, oh, we've seen that. Absolutely, we need to be really worried about it. You're definitely going to definitely get symptoms and stuff. That's not not necessarily going to happen. Uh, But obviously, once you've got one of those types of fractures, we know the bone density is down. And the risk of then sustaining more fractures is obviously much higher. We need to address that.
0: So when someone then does have osteoporosis and this has been picked up either, I'm talking about generalized osteoporosis because of age or because of steroids or because of you know lots of other factors, is there something then that then has to be done urgently or immediately to kind of stop it getting worse or is it just about managing it? How is it then kind of treated both from the physiotherapy type side of it if we put that into one category and then kind of the medical type side of it if you put it into the other category?
1: Yeah, so usually there's no urgency to it. So let's ignore the um the ones that come with other serious health complications so obviously if you've you've got low bone density of your um spine because you've got a cancer of the spine you know that there's a different is a medical emergency different problems probably outside the scope of what we'll talk about today but like you say this generalized osteoporosis or even osteopenia uh, which is sort of um, low bone density but not at a certain threshold arbitrary threshold um, then it isn't a medical emergency you're likely to have had it for a relatively long period of time um so it's about starting with lifestyle changes and starting on some medication to supplement your um your your diet basically so that you give you best chance of of really it's it's about a lot about maintenance of the current bone density and stopping the loss um and then if you gain bone density after that then that's that's really good so um, let's take it in in order of what usually happens so most people would start on things like calcium and vitamin d supplementation so um, calcium is a big component of what your bones are made of so um, eating the calcium is you, you've got more of it to potentially lay down as bone um, and the vitamin d helps with the absorption of that um, but then also you for some people, if they've got extremely low bone density or that it continues to deteriorate off despite um, those types of medication and exercise, which we can talk about in a minute, uh, then there are other medications as well which can um, a- actively lay bone down, um, but they come with their own problems. So it's not something that you leap straight to. It's often you try this vitamin D, calcium. Um, people have heard of things like ADCAL. Uh, d3 which i think is is combined um and then it's important then to address any lifestyle factors that would be adding to the potential loss of bone density so things like smoking alcohol intake um poor diet as in i would like a low nutritional diet you might have a high calorie diet but not good not not a a good um nutritional nutritional content Um, if you have absorption issues uh, what can you replace either through different forms of diet or um, or, or supplementation things like that? Um, protein consumption is a pretty good one as well. That can really help. Um, and generally eating more. Often we see pay- people who um, have osteoporosis tend to be on the very light side. Um, so they they need their BMI actually to come up quite often. Um, so those sorts of things, but also other things like um, if you have associated medical conditions, things like Crohn's disease or col- ulcerative colitis, um, they can affect the, you know, your absorption and your ability to to bring the nutrients into the body. But also things like diabetes, um, rheumatoid arthritis, w- w- we spoke about before, um, it, if they're managed better, um, then. There's less inflammation running around the body and that helps to maintain bone density as well. So that's those are really important things uh, that I could go on for weeks about. Um, then it's also really important to um, address activity uh, factors as well. So um, it is um, and shown multiple times across multiple, multiple studies, if if people continue weight bearing, uh exercises then that really helps to maintain their bone density and starting exercise programs is as effective as that calcium and vitamin d we talked about uh, supplementation so it's really Really? quite effective yeah really quite effective Um, so it it needs to be weight bearing so if you think about um about your bones they need it's like they're like muscles really so with muscles you need to lift weight to stimulate them into becoming bigger stronger um etc and the same with bones they need stimulation to lay that bone down um so it, that's important so we know that um there was a lot of studies done with astronauts they went up in space there was no gravity or very minimal gravity and they lost a lot of bone density so if you google uh nasa and bone density you can see these very very cool treadmills uh which force weight through the legs and all this sort of like stuff.
0: weighted down aren't they like pulled onto yeah. the treadmill for like the- harnesses
1: exactly and it's the exact opposite we are going off topic now but there's running treadmills that we use on earth uh, which are zero g yeah. to so Anti-G, people can run g but treadmills. not put weight anti-g uh, and this is the opposite plus g um positive g <laughs> yeah uh, treadmills so that to maintain their bone density it does dip off quite quickly um so it, it's about impact exercise and making sure so unfortunately swimming is really not not very effective um but things like walking um it it is effective so that um that impact upon the ground causes the 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 skeletal system the bones to take some of that pressure um so a lot of that can be achieved just with general activity um a lot of times what i say to people is so if you if you understand the most likely places to sustain fractures um then we've got um the neck of femur which is right up at the hip joint in the groin um the spine um, and then the third well, it's probably as likely as the other two is actually the wrist so one of the things that i see and um, when i see patients who have started um uh, exercise programs is they they do a lot of walking and i'm like great you're doing lots of walking that's cool um but what they're doing is neglecting the wrists um so a lot of people probably don't know but um you've actually got a fail safe within your wrist which is designed to fracture so um as you fall you put your hand out to stop your face smashing into the ground and your wrist will break instead of your your humerus the arm bone so your your body's designed to break smaller bones rather than much larger ones which are harder to heal and cause you much more injuries much like a crumple zone of a car that it, it yeah. will fracture but that's a very common place to get fractures and people will quite load trauma get wrist fractures so i see people have omitted that so it's important to get that that loading through the wrist as well um so that you're you're maintaining that bone density um, and really simple ways of doing that if people aren't particularly strong or confident then doing push-ups against a wall is a pretty good way or just lifting something up over your head um, is a good way of getting it through the wrist as well so um, it is it's important to address all of those areas uh, but mostly um, people do do pretty good job and it's about if you if you if you feel like you're pretty inactive getting active is the best start um, and then you could be more specific later once you are active. So even just things as simple as getting your step count up a day up to is, is, is a really good start.
0: And is it safe then to then push that further? So is it safe to then start adding weights to that, going to the gym, lifting weights? I know a lot of people think osteoporosis and think I need to be quite gentle, obviously progressively and gently, but I mean, can people start deadlifting and, you know, Olympic weightlifting, you know, can they do anything they want to?
1: Absolutely. So, um, what i always say to people is that you should build up from your current place um and and do progressive so again you, we, we talked about muscles earlier your muscles respond to what we call progressive overload so you add more load over time over the weeks months years however however long you do you don't imagine those people that we've just watched in the olympics lifting a ridiculous amount of kilos they didn't start at that weight like right. they started at a lower weight and they built yeah. up it's the same with this. So, but that works both ways. So, like we said, if you're very inactive or, you know, uh, quite inactive, then you would you would keep your current level and build up from there. If you happen to be quite active, you keep your current level and you build up from there. So you might tailor it a bit. So let's say um, let's say you've got someone who's quite active, um, but they their activity is is running. Um, then what they you might go well, actually, your activity levels are fine for your hips and your lower spine but what you're not getting is anything in the wrist but they're not doing any activity for the wrist so you wouldn't start then with huge weights lifting overhead you'd start with a relatively lightweight and you'd lift it over and you progressively overload so the same thing but equally you might have someone who I'm trying to think about activity help me out here Rob where they do a lot of upper limb work but they're not really loading their legs a ton um someone listening can I, I can't think of anything where you just said <laughs> tennis I don't know uh, yeah but then you're still you're still, still potentially running, running about Someone um,
0: body builds but they don't train their legs, That's what I'm train about, I'm their legs. they've got
1: little little skinny sparrow <laughs> legs yeah.
0: Skip leg day, yeah
1: I'm sure there are these but there there is something that we just can't think of on the spot but um it might be that they've got lot they're loading their arms and their upper spine a lot but what they're not loading is their their lower spine and their leg and their hips so much so then they need to incorporate that so it's about understanding what do you load a lot of what do you not load so much of and trying to build those up at that point at a level that's fine for you but as you mentioned there is there is no limit here so if you like we said there is um there is this traumatic likelihood of fracture so i try to um suggest to people that you know try not to do things where you're going to fall over um so avoiding falling over is ideal combat sports that's everything combat sports yeah probably not ideal rugby probably not ideal um you know if people are already doing those sports then by all means carry on would be my suggestion i it would be very unusual in my mind to think that someone is playing rugby and then gets diagnosed with osteoporosis without some other issue in the middle um that would be quite that i've because you're loading yeah. yourself so much it would be it yeah. would be strange it would be strange uh possible but strange so yeah those impact type sports we've got to avoid but things like you said like let weightlifting, as long as you're not likely to fall over don't drop the weights on yourself but then you know you're probably trying it's probably good advice away. for anyone weightlifting really isn't it exactly yeah. So it's good more good motto for life is don't <laughs> drop <laughs> it on don't yourself. drop weights in your head yeah yeah exactly um So those kind of things, um, but, you know, people have to be a little bit careful with things like um, with Zumba or even down to like yoga or Pilates or or dancing, you know, if you're going to trip or fall, you know, it's not that I'm saying don't do those things, but, you know, you don't want to be increasing your likelihood of falling over um, because you may, it's not guaranteed, but you may sustain, unfortunately, an injury doing that. Um, So it's about being sensible. And actually um, most people are like, a, a re, you know they don't need much guidance what you said they need a bit of reassurance that they can go and do these things and then you can do as long as you build up much like any other issue you can do whatever it is that you want to do really um you know and some people some people will get injured some people will get injured regardless of whether they've got yeah. osteoporosis or arthritis or or whatever other issue. so you know there is there is that possibility it's about being sensible with the condition you're dealt um, and, and making that appropriate uh, sort of those steps forwards, I think.
0: And so people will, will recognize this advice and it kind of comes back to very similar advice that we've spoken about for pretty much every condition that we've had on here, whether we've spoken about degenerative disc disease, different types of arthritis, Acute back pain, you know, fractures, serious back pain. The advice is very, very similar, which is that kind of progressive overload, slowly build up. You know, it's nothing to be you know, scared about. We should keep moving, keep active, good diet, good hydration. All these things kind of go hand in hand. So that should be a really good message. You know, the, the same thing, the people listening going, well, actually, the, the things which I know which help my normal back pain, my osteoporosis, my arthritis, my degenerative disc disease, anything is all the same. You know, and and you've just covered all those topics again. So, which is, you know, should be so good to hear. And this is why we do this podcast because it's all, you know, it's just putting out that same information. It's stopping nonsense information going around that people thinking they've got osteoporosis or they've got, you know spinal arthritis and they should never ever lift a bag of shopping again because things are going to going to crumble that's not the case you know spines are strong you know even if they've got even if you've got osteoporosis your spine is still very strong you can tolerate a lot of load it can tolerate a lot of compression it can tolerate a lot of force and it can tolerate even more when you start making it adapt to that so get out get moving get walking get lifting (laughs)
1: sure and there um most people won't be this that interested in the specifics but there's been a couple of studies that the australians do a lot of work on this um and they have relatively recently in the last year to 18 months been publishing a couple of studies where um where they've used heavy lifting in um, people with very low bone density and have shown that it is safe um to do so as in it did not increase their them having the incidence of fractures was not increased let's say um so even down to they were relatively untrained individuals who started weightlifting and it did not increase their their um, amount of fracture because that is that's always been the concern uh, of therapists doctors patients is we didn't we do not really know but we asked um we were we made theories and we were pretty sure but we didn't really know and now that data is coming out that actually that is quite safe um and and as you said the stronger and fitter you are the more resilient you will be to those uh to those sort of traumatic or unfortunate yeah. incidents that are going to going to occur
0: and it's also going to help everything else, as we've just said. You know, you know it's going to help and your mobility. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah, it's going to help your mobility. It's going to help your strength. It's going cool. to help. There's nothing better than people come in. It's my favorite is when a patient says, I can walk up the stairs now. You know, uh, well, I don't get out of breath. It's much easier. I can go up two at a time. It's much easier just because they've been doing some kettlebell deadlifts at home or, you know, lifting up their walking stick, whatever it is, anything. It's, it's the best thing to do.
1: Yeah, the only, the only thing I would say is um, with regards to uh osteoporosis and and the weight lifting is um we don't need to avoid forward flexion that's absolutely inappropriate to avoid that um but i would be I i wouldn't be going out of my way to overload flexion right so you talked about lifting shopping bags and um and that kind of thing you know that i'm not worried about that what i'm what i'm more talking about there there are some certain exercises and people can youtube what a jefferson curl is for example like there's no point doing that it's not going to gain any benefit over things that we talk squats deadlifts up and down the stairs you're going to gain no benefit for that but you you may increase your risk and again we can't tell but that extreme flexion is is going to be going to be difficult um not in things like yoga you can still bend forwards in yoga but i just wouldn't add weight to that extreme flexion um is the only caution i would add but that again is more along the lines of because we don't know not because it's dangerous and I, that's a really important distinction that i would yeah. make there there's
0: so not to be fearful of it it's just maybe hang off until
1: we know more yeah and it's like you know most 95 plus percent of people don't need to be doing weighted jefferson curls like (laughs) they're an interesting thing to do what really do they help you with not very much
0: (laughs) they help you with Jefferson curls yeah they help
1: you with jefferson curls exactly
0: (laughs) all good right i think that about covers my questions on osteoporosis anything that you think that we missed off or you think that people need to hear or anything else you'd like to add um
1: yeah just really quickly um there is some really interesting information that people can Google um, called Strong Steady Straight, uh, which again, I think came out of um, Australia. And what it does is it gives some really simple advice about how to maintain your strength. Um, it also talks about being steady, so that's about balance. We haven't really talked about balance, but um, you know, if people do have balance issues, and they are feel like they're more likely to fall over, then balance training is, is a good way of avoiding those falls. We didn't I didn't really mention it today, because you're not treating osteoporosis. No. Um, but what you're doing is you're avoiding those um, unfortunate situations. And then straight is a bit like what we just mentioned, then where you're avoiding this high uh they're a bit more cautious than i am i must admit uh but it was it's guidance written before this the studies we just talked about that came out so there's a bit about avoiding very strong weighted flexion and that kind of thing so there's some good advice um that probably says it better than i do in um in friendly language etc so strong steady straight
0: strong steady straight perfect we'll link to that in the show notes as well so thank you for that well brilliant jack thank you so much for your time this evening thank you for coming to chat all about osteoporosis that's been a I said it's a hugely complex topic that we could have dedicated many many hours to the int- intricacies of it. So it was a good a good overview. So maybe if there's more questions, we'll come back for a for a part two. You know, to be the first for Peter on the on the podcast,
1: which probably makes space
0: yeah. for some other people.
1: <laughs> I'll I come, come back for a regular feature if you want. I'll come do yeah, every... a month the episode. I was thinking quarterly, but yeah, I could come
0: yeah, back. Yeah, it. weekly. Yeah, come do <laughs> it. Just take over. Yeah no no i have enough of my own podcasts
1: yeah exactly brilliant
0: anything where can people go go to find out more about you jack anything else you'd like to plug for yourself Um,
1: yeah i do loads of stuff you can find everything about me on rheumatology.physio is my website fantastic we will also
0: link to that in the show notes well thank you everyone for listening thank you everyone and thank you so much to jack for joining us appreciate taking the time out of your very busy schedule to talk to us
1: no thanks for having me
0: no worries anytime (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> for the third time. Thanks, everyone. Have a great evening. All the best. Bye.